Welcome back to Insights Unlocked. In this episode, Liz Miller from Constellation Research talks with two senior product designers from the nonprofit Kiva about their experiences driving social impact through research and design. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing, where we bring you candid conversations and stories with the thinkers, doers, and builders behind some of the most successful digital products and experiences in the world, from concept to execution. Sarah, Nathan, I'm going to leave you two to kind of introduce yourselves, like do the who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. Yes. Uh, hello. My name is Sarah. I am a senior product designer at Kiva.org. Uh, I work on the B2B stuff. So Kiva does a lot of corporate partnerships uh, with companies that want to make an impact in the world. So that's been my focus for the last year or so. Wow. Yeah. And I'm Nathan. I'm also a senior product designer at Kiva.org. Um, been there for three years, working entirely on the B2C side. So like what we would consider nice. our marketplace. So I, I really help people find others they want to support. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so as you heard, has been my tendency in my time in the living room. I stalk people online. Okay. I would expect nothing less. Yeah, like as long as everyone's okay <laughs> with this, right? As long as everyone's okay with this behavior. Totally fine. So, okay, Sarah, here's what I loved that I found on your LinkedIn, because I loved this description. <laughs> no, I really loved this description. It says that you're drawn to ambiguous problems and then turn them into simple solutions. Mm -hmm. With B2B engagement, but I'm actually going to take that leap and say with employee engagement. Mm -hmm. Everything feels like an ambiguous problem, right? Oh my god, because yes. It's like everything <laughs> seems that. But but what they but a lot of times I think what employees are looking for in their digital experiences is like how do I swim through the three thousand page PDF that you sent me about my healthcare mm -hmm. solution to just help me find how I can go to the doctor. Yeah. Like big problem. They want a simple solution. How do you start thinking through that process of what employees are looking for in order to not only research effectively, but then also design effectively? Yeah, so we've been doing a ton of research and employee motivations. And one of the things that we've been noodling about is how do we get employees that want to be involved in social impact to be Kiva champions? So. Oh. We were like, initially we were like, oh, you know, maybe there's sort of like this intrinsic motivation, like I'm involved in charitable giving outside of work and I just want to be involved in at work. Um, but we realized that at work as an employee, you want to be recognized by your manager. Right. You want to build a community. You want work stuff. Yeah, like, you, you want, want work, work stuff. stuff yeah. <laughs> so like when we boil it down to like, these are the things that you want at work and we can combine it with social impact, like yeah. that has been where the sweet spot is in terms of product design. I love that. And then Nathan, don't think you got off the hook. Cause on oh. your LinkedIn, you said that you like purposeful hands-on design that's used for good. Yeah. So was that a driving factor for you? Like, so kind of tell me what it kind of looks like, feels like as you start thinking of the idea of kind of really being hands-on, especially in a digital age, yeah. right? Being hands-on is also going to include understanding what your consumers want, understanding what that marketplace wants, having that direct line of mm -hmm. high fidelity response, right? That feedback loop yeah. is, is going to be part of that. But then how do you then turn that for good when, you know, like that's a lot. That's a big, that's a big list you had. And it is tough. I think that's okay <laughs> for it to be tough. Yes. I think for me, it's the real 
it's kind of, yeah, the real motivator for joining Kiva was the fact that you can, like, one day I woke up, I live in Oakland, California. One day I woke up and I was about to get on the bus and I was like, wow, I, I want to do something good right now. And I'm about yeah. to get on the bus and I'm going to go to work and I'm not sure how much good I can do there. So what, where could I go work where I could do some good? Yeah. And um, one thing that on Kiva that I was sort of like just blown away by was one of the core actions is finding a person or kinds of projects you want to support. Like you want to lend to a, a person in Uganda their very first cow. You absolutely can do that. And yeah. that's like the real, that was the moment when I read that, that the hands-on thing I was like, oh, yeah. this is a lot of agency. Sometimes it's overwhelming, which is a big problem. I think similar to the B2B space, but thinking about being hands-on even at work yeah. was, that, that, so, yeah, a big change for me. Yeah. So is a large part of what, because and this is what I'm hearing from the both of you, is a large part of what you are doing in your roles in design actually helping connect the dots more than driving to, say, a transaction? Right, because I think in a lot of I think in a lot of you know a lot of organizations we're trying to drive people to like hit the buy button, explore more, buy more, scale more. Um, but it sounds like what you guys are really trying to do is kind of just intrinsically understand how to guide people to connect their own dots, and that is going to require an awful lot of insight and intelligence that can't come from oh a thousand people hit that button like it's a very different set of research demands and needs you have so can you share a little bit about that kind of where is that intersection point between research and design for the both of you i would say it's a little bit of both like mm. at the end of the day like we do want people to to choose a borrower to lend to because that is how that person can make an impact in the world so but but unlike i guess maybe like a like a typical checkout flow like it's not about just people blindly buying something like yeah. we, we want them to have an emotional connection with the person that they are choosing to support we want them to understand the implications of choosing this borrower over another borrower and we want them to understand a little bit more about hey you know like you hel you're helping this person in the philippines like this is what that impact outcome might be down the mm. road yeah and i i, I want to sort of uh, extend that a little bit it is it really does happen a lot earlier, too. There's like the education factor, right? Like, why is a solar cook stove better than cooking on charcoal? Right. And why should I help someone do that? And that is like a, that in and of itself is such an interesting problem space because it, it requires many, like, multimodal ways of researching how people yeah. understand that information. Yeah. And if they want it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Okay. To the cards, because I could just sit here and ask you about this thing all I day long, <laughs> but I'm like, what? Okay. To the cards. To the cards, everyone. Okay. What benefits and challenges arise for designers and researchers from integrating various tools and platforms into a unified workflow? The stumper. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just being intentional about what you integrate. Like, we're a really small team, yeah. and Personally, I don't love process for the sake of process. So yeah. I think it's just really important about like if we're adding more steps to our workflow that we're being intentional about it and we're still able to work at a velocity that makes sense for yeah. our tiny team. Is that where you're seeing AI come in where you can actually start to identify those repeatable mundane processes that maybe a small design team can actually use as a mechanism to free up your time? Like, are you, are you seeing that as a benefit for this workflow and interaction? Yeah, absolutely. This is one thing I, I keep thinking about. We, previously, there was a little bit of fig, a fig jam conversation before this. Yeah. And it's the simplicity of things like fig jam. Uh, to, for us to communicate 
from our product team perspective, um, what we understand about our lenders to our impact investments team. You know, they're working on like finding a million refugees. They're not thinking about, you know, how, who's going to do, who's going to fund what them. What color should the button or, be? Right. Yeah. And so that's like a huge <laughs> deal. Um, it, it, there are certain integrations that are, I think, that ride the perfect line between operational complexity and just like ease of use and communication. I yeah. think that's that's really where Kiva is making a lot of differences over the last handful of years in our team. And it, yeah, good integrations will supercharge yeah. our, our tiny team. So Love that. Yeah. Love that. Okay, so I'm going to start with you, Nathan. Describe what AI means to you in five words or less. Oh, uh, Reimagining my own reach. Like, okay, I like it. Yeah. I like that you personalized it. Yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels like it can be a empowering creature. Like I would yeah. grow, I, it helps me grow arms. I want to do a lot. Yeah. How can I do a lot? This, this, we're at a moment where it's early, but it's, it's looking like I can actually do more as a person. And yeah. I think that's like, you know, it, we're at a point where AI needs uh, human intervention and oh, oversight. Sure. And yeah. I think that like, Currently, if it can just grow me some extra arms, I'm gonna right. feel great. Yeah. <laughs> even just one, like it, even just one yeah, extra just, arm. I want that. AI, five words or less. It's valuable when intentional. Ooh, that's a good one. I like it. So again, and, and it, it's very, I, like I'm getting your vibe, right? It's like, I don't want process when process isn't intentional, yeah, right? I yeah. don't want AI when, like you're not doing anything by accident here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like going back to like, what's the problem we're trying to solve? If AI is the solution, fantastic. Yeah. But if it's not, then maybe there's something else. I love it. I love it. Um, so again, you have a small team and I'm assuming that Kiva as an organization is a fairly streamlined small team. You guys aren't like dealing with a whole lot of bloat because you are very mission oriented. You know, you're going to keeping fo focus that way. But I still want to ask about your relationship with cross-functional teams and some of the teams outside of just say UX and design. So in what ways are you increasing or have you been able to increase cross-functional collaboration between design, development, and research? But I'm going to throw in a curveball for you because I would assume that a lot of your collaboration also has to happen with HR and your people and just being able to bring them into the process. So what does that kind of cross collaboration look like for you? Yeah, so I work a lot with, we call them our strategic partnerships team. They're the ones that are like going out, making relationships with partners. Mm. Um, so, I mean, our collaboration is probably very similar to other companies. We we're fully remote, so we, we talk on Slack a lot. I'm a big Loom user. I'm like a Loom power user. Yeah, I've so, never seen someone make so many Loom videos I know, in a single day. I know, it's just kind of crazy. That's great. But, like, but wait a minute. Like, what are you making? It's not like on everything, is it? Like, I'm a little worried now. No, no, no. It's everything. It's, like, it's everything. You totally no, it's just not. got out of, like, how to take care of your plants. It's going to be a Loom yeah. on the Kiva. I just want to be a YouTuber, that's I, all. <laughs> That's great. No, I no. I want to be an influencer <laughs> somewhere. I just like I I just like recording things. I feel like a lot of things get lost in translation when yeah. you're like typing out long paragraphs of text. Yep. I'm like, yeah. you want to show designs, you want to walk people through it. So I I really like. And then you're gonna get someone old like me and be like, what's the loom? <laughs> I don't understand what the loom is. Do I have to reply to it for yeah. me to watch? 
Do I write? Do I just, talk just to it? Just a thumbs up yeah, is great. Okay, great, great. That's awesome. That's awesome. How are you looking across at, at kind of that cross-functional connection? Yeah. So for me, on the on sort of our a big B to, B to C side, it's for me, it's working with the actual impact team. Sort of what we would call supply is the amount of borrowers of a particular sector on the site, and so thinking about like. They are thinking about supply in a different way than I am. They're thinking about, like, how do we move money to all of these farmers in Tajikistan? And I'm thinking about, how, can I, how can I show oh, no, you're people, about other things. How okay. can I show people this? And how can they understand it really yeah. quickly? And so that's been a really, that's like a point of growth for me. Because it's, it's, so, it's like a team I would never work with, ever yeah. really work with. Yeah. And a team that's, like, really isolated. And I think, like, most people at a nonprofit, everybody wishes you could have one more person on your team. Or two more people, or like one more dollar. Yeah, or one hundred more dollars. We want a little. We want just a bit more budget. Yeah. Yeah, and so that is um, that. I think is like how I'm. That's the team I'm focused on right now, and the way I'm doing it is just getting them in during a brainstorm session. Have you thought about a Loom video? We did. (laughs) We did. And I Shout do. Yeah. Have, you, have you thought about doing a video? Yeah, and I, and I think they're they're sort of like girl. they're like, oh yeah, I watched that, and I was like, cool. And and, yeah. and how are you feeling about it? So um, yeah. yeah, for me, it's really just getting them in early. Tools like FigJam just sort of talked yeah. about earlier. They're things that are simple that feel like a whiteboard that look like post-its that are closer to the things that they have on their desk. That's yeah. the kind of tools I'm using. But it's, but it's using. interesting that you bring up video, right? Because I think one of the things that certainly was announced here on the keynote stage was kind of that AI application into the user testing videos where now you've got that summary, right? You can just see exactly where like, hey, no one understood where Tajikistan was. Like maybe this is the problem we're trying to solve. We're not, you know, it's not that they didn't know what a cow was. It's they literally didn't know where their money was going. Maybe we start to solve that problem. Has that like... Because I also can see, I I mean, I remember with all of my design teams and all of my, whether it was web, whether it was product, it was really easy to have that squirrel moment, right? Where you just like, you hear something that's wrong. You hear there's a problem and you've now got an entire group of designer who's like, I got a hammer, right? And like, we're all going after it. So when you start to think about research and where that really starts to integrate into either your own personal process of design or how your team starts to work in those cross-functional conversations, where does the research start to come into this? Yeah, the, um, it's happening right now. We're working on a sort of a, a new, uh, we're trying out a new product stream. And so this is, I think, where um, we have a dedicated, we're super lucky to have a dedicated user researcher on our tiny team. What, like, nice. it, like we're super powered by Meg. She's awesome. Um, and Meg's so, going to get more assignments. It's yeah, what we do in the living room. Meg, I'm sorry. Sorry, um, Meg. Yeah, and so uh, having having the research start I mean, way early, but also continue yeah. into the decision-making process. Like, it's this is where helping the impact investments team really shines. Like, Love you that. find out w- what people are supporting and say, hey, you chose a million refugees. You, you chose half a million refugees. We think it could be a million. Yeah, go, like, don't. Go get it. Don't be a slacker. Yeah, Take like, a million refugees. Yeah, and so yeah, that's, I, that's something. I believe we, that, too. Yeah, I, I, we just had that conversation yesterday. Yeah. Um, but you're getting her involved... Come on, Meg. We're getting all the way in the yeah. beginning of the story. We need 10 so Megs. You're getting, yeah, yeah. Like, but you're getting her involved in the beginning because I think that tends to be a problem that a lot of people don't realize is kind of the easily solvable piece of this, right? It's like, don't ask your research team to be the ones who prove 
what you've already done. Actually get them involved, ask those questions, get those panels, get those videos rolling at the moment of concept, at the moment of should we even do this? And you're seeing huge value in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing. And, you know, it's, we have like a moral imperative to use our dollars wisely. Yeah. You start early. You can million end something refugees, early. Dang it. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I got this. I love it. Okay. Last question I've got each for each of you. Uh, if you each had a magic wand, it doesn't have to be the same magic wand. They can be totally different. Okay. We got, we got those details down. Which part of the UX research process, other than making more megs, we can't make more megs. <laughs> no. Okay. You're like, dang it. You took my answer. Okay. If you had a magic wand, which part of the UX research process would you automate first and why? Um, I, for me, it'd be recruitment. So we've been talking nice. to a lot of, uh, CSR professionals, corporate social responsibility. Yep. It's a very nuanced role. Yes. And it'd be really cool if like that recruitment participation would be automated somehow, the outreach, oh, finding yeah. time, like, I don't know. And, and like maybe extending that a little bit, like looking into their background. Like it's not yeah. just like I'm a CSR professional, but like these are the types of projects I work with. Like right. that would be really cool. Right. Awesome. Love it. For, for me, it is sort of selfishly, it's the synthesis portion. Like it's how can I, like here's all these, here's a Hobjar survey we ran. Here's a handful of annual lender surveys. Here's yeah. your user interviews. Can we correlate all of it? Can yeah. you figure this out for me so I don't have to watch all these things? Like can I, yeah. can you spit something out that I can, run an AB, AB test on tomorrow. Yeah. That's what I want yeah. really bad. I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. you for being here. I love the conversation. And now I feel like really like I need to go find a million refugees to help. You can do Kiva. it. We, we found them for you. So yeah, you <laughs> found the million refugees. I just need to hand over my card number, right? Yeah. It's easy as that. I love it. Thanks Super everyone. Nice. Thanks y'all. Thank you. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find the show notes at usertesting.com slash podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing.